Magic Club. Together, we'll discover inspirational stories of creative entrepreneurs living out their dreams, doing the work they are most passionate about, and building wealth in magical and fun ways. While building a six-figure income as a writer and coach, helping other women to launch their dream businesses, I've connected with so many incredible people and seen it proven again and again that you can thrive financially doing whatever it is you are passionate about. I'm here to share life-changing strategies for mindset, making money, and reaching more people with your work in a business and life filled with creativity, freedom, and fun. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm super excited to introduce my guest today. I have with me Sanar Green, who is a spiritual teacher who helps women see their sacred essence. She reflects and nurtures the divine potential of others, and her purpose is to support the reestablishment of the divine feminine into our collective consciousness and to show the divine as an accessible state of being in everyday life. She is an urban nature lover, Reiki master, feng shui consultant, environmental educator, and community activist. Sanar uses her voice to speak resonant energy into the world through her Center Her Power podcast, as well as a new 50-minute podcast called Mawu Goddess Stories. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sanar. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. This is such an honor to be able to talk to you today. It's really been helpful for me to help kind of clarify my thoughts. So thank you for, for this invitation. I'm so excited to dive in and talk to you. So let's kick off the conversation with you telling us a little bit about your story. How did you get to doing the work that you do today? Well, my father passed away in 1997. And and at that time, I was working in New York City at an advertising agency. And I was like, there has to be more to life than this. So I started searching for my purpose. And, and then as over the years, I've been learning more and more about who I am, what my gifts are, who um, the creator is, and then how I can, can be of service in the world. So I've had a variety of, um, of jobs, and now I think I'm really focused on the core of my, of my being and, and am getting more comfortable with speaking from that place. Amazing. And what is it that is lighting you up the most at the moment in the work that you're doing? You know, I'm so excited about this whole podcasting world. My degree um, from Howard University is in communications. And when I studied communications many, many moons ago, (laughs) um, this whole podcast didn't exist. And the whole system of being able to have video meetings and and all the technology didn't exist. And so I think I've kind of come full circle. Even though I studied communications, I really hadn't planned to be in front of the camera. My major was production and I was a a theater production minor and a stagehand. And I, I never intended to be in front of the mic or in front of the camera. And, but still I kept hearing that my voice was a part of one of the gifts of the tools that would be used by, um, by God to, to bring forth whatever the creator wants, wants me to, to articulate. So it's, it's been, it's been an interesting journey. 
Yeah, I would love. And I'm really feeling. I guess I should say I didn't really answer the question, but what's really lighting me up is not only the podcasting, but um, the the um, access we have to tools to be able to share who we are. And I'm really excited uh, about the the energies, the healing energies that are presenting themselves and are coming every moon cycle into the earth that are helping us to excavate our issues, our challenges, our traumas, and bring and provide healing to them. And there's so many people who are sharing healing information in, in the world that, and I really feel like this is my time. So that's what's really lighting lighting me up. And I, I want to be able to share what's lighting me up with others so that they can also feel connected to their divine selves and express that in the world. Yeah, I totally resonate with that. And I know so many other people who are listening will as, as well. So I would love to dive a little bit more into your specific journey of, you know, going through that process. Like you said previously, you felt like, you know, you being in like, up front and center and really using your voice as a tool um, in your work wasn't something that you were initially considering. So what was it like kind of going through that transformation of realization and really stepping into that and kind of, you know, I'd imagine you had to overcome a lot of mindset shifts in order to um, step into really fully embodying your message in the way that you're doing now. Well, actually, (laughs) the shift is still in process. Let's say that. Um, so when I was growing up, um, I distinctly remember my mother telling me not to speak or that I said something that had offended someone and to just not, just say as little as possible. And so I spent years being wary about what I was saying, um, working in corporate America and, and the whole notion of how you people say one thing and mean another was always... Um, always put me off center. And so I was always worried that I would say the wrong thing. And then what ended up happening is I was suppressing what I was actually feeling. And then something would bur- blurt out in the at the absolute wrong time and <laughs> said the absolute wrong thing. And and I and the, the the piece that really was the most challenging was that I felt so badly about it. And I didn't give myself permission to, I didn't forgive myself and give myself permission to see what was actually happening. So I'm empathic, which is something that I've really just owned recently in the last couple of years. So I really feel what others feel. And I've worked with children and I'm realizing that I I have to be very particular about when I work with children because if they're upset, it's really hard for me to keep myself grounded and focused and not get caught up in what they're feeling. So, um, so with all of these things happening, I, I felt so odd and I didn't really want to be seen or heard. So, um, so it was was a challenge and I started teaching belly dance because I, I wanted to be able to share my gifts, but I thought belly dance would be a way where I didn't actually have to speak. I can do something but not speak. So I really got to belly dance, which I love. And I taught for and still teach and taught for years. And I've gotten worked with so many women who really loved um, the classes that I put together because I teach from the perspective of belly dance as a healing modality. 
not just something for fun to dance and to look beautiful. It's all of those things. And it's a way for us to really um, open our chakras, um, clear our energy fields and, and connect to our, connect our body, mind and spirit in one. Belly dance, I love. Really, I was doing it because I I knew I couldn't speak. I thought I wanted to write. <laughs> I wrote one article and then I got blocked. So belly, I saw I went to belly dance because I I needed to. I wanted to be able to do something. Now I don't feel as much like dancing. It's coming back, but I don't feel as much like dancing. And I'm being forced to face those little voices in my head that my mother is saying to me, "Don't talk." what you say is wrong. And, and so I've had to really shift and understand that um, this affirmation that was given to me while I was studying feng shui, actually at the New York Open Center, um, is unlimited love flows through me constantly, healing everyone. Unlimited love flows through me constantly, healing everyone. So if that's the truth, then what I say is imbued with love. It may not, it may not reach you in a way that feels loving at the onset, because if you're if you have trauma, or if you're in the process of healing something, the idea or the concept or the topic that I present or say may not feel like healing. It gives you the opportunity to look at what's going on for you, and then hopefully you can bring healing to it. So it's taken me a long time. I thought about starting a podcast in 2015 and. You know, I was in a bad relationship, a job that I didn't really like, I didn't feel valued in. And it wasn't until the pandemic when I was quiet and everything in the country was quiet that I really started to hear my voice and, and hear that what I, who I am and what I have to say is useful to the evolution of humankind. So I, I may not say it all at the same time. I'm still growing, like I said, and, and actually speaking. This is, I think, one of the first interviews that I've done. So thank you, Sarah. Um, so it's, 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 it's definitely still a journey in, in rewriting the, the idea that to be intuitive, to be a healer is something to be shunned. That you know, and I I latched on to what society was saying when they burned witches. They were, you know, someone posted on Instagram today. Why is it that when the witches were burned, that that the witches were vilified rather than the people who burned the witches? So this is a great time, and I think it was only in this time, and this is the perfect the perfect time for me to come forward because so many people are open and receptive to the gifts that I have to share. I don't know if I answered the question, did that? Perfectly. Yeah. Okay. I think it's such an amazing topic. I love this topic so much. And, you know, particularly the fact that you started out this conversation with, you know, celebrating the access to tools that we have, because, you know, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, like, a tool can feel so accessible and so challenging at the same time, right? And like now everybody has the power to be a creator, right? Most people have a, some kind of a smartphone that records audio, that records images, that has access to immediate audiences of thousands of people on free so social media channels. And so we really do have this capacity to connect and share our message 
in a way that, you know, women of previous generations just never had available to them. And it can literally be instant. You can literally pick up on your social media channel, hit play and reach people with a message. But it's all of that internal work that you're talking about in literally undoing all of those, you know, spoken and unspoken stories that we're holding inside of us around why it's not safe to share and why it's not safe to be visible or why it's not a good idea or why it's dangerous. And to, you know, in the act of, of doing that, of sharing your message, you we are, un, you know, unwriting those stories and, you know, it's in you doing that and going through that journey for yourself. That's the goal that, you know, really allow so much healing to to reach others as well and to allow your voice to be added to the spaces where the stories that you have to share haven't been you know haven't been able to reach the people that so need to hear them and so it's just such a unique journey and all of these very real and challenging resistances can can you know crop up in our relationship with these tools and social media and our relationship to our own voice and our you know what can feel really challenging to share certain parts of our story and really just like you say doing that work really is overcoming that generational trauma that we carry literally in our DNA um of you know whoever our ancestors were who were being burned at the stake for being healers or for you know sharing their truth or for standing up for things that women value that there wasn't space for before and it's um yeah it's a unique and can be very challenging but also super super rewarding journey to be on so thank you so much for sharing that you're welcome you really encapsulated that well and, and you're right we're all we're all in the process of healing regardless of what role our ancestors may have played in history now is the time to for us to allow healing to to come forth in in every way I mean I mean it's I may have thought of myself as a victim you know as a victim in my own life and in history and actually, we all have been impacted by what has happened historically to women. And women, you're right, actually coming forth and speaking out is rewriting that history. So I hadn't thought of it that way. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's also just like the important role of healers in our society is like you have the... Um, the access to the level of understanding that helps us to move through that. Because I feel like no matter who we are with every generation that comes through, we're always evolving, right? It's like the human DNA is always evolving. It's always shifting. It's always, it's always changing. And that's just a part of that work is to undo the patterns that protected, you know, generations past or that they developed because that worked for them then, but we don't need them anymore. Like we don't need to protect ourselves in the way that, you know, when we were cavemen and women, we needed to protect ourselves. And when we, you know, when we didn't have Google Maps um, <laughs> and things like that to support our modern lifestyle, which give us whole new levels of freedom. But often, so often we're just operating on that like ancestral operating system <laughs> that can create so many problems for us. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I'm married to a, a doctor and I, you know, I'm I have trained in energy healing and all a lot of my clients, a lot of my friends are energy healers. And I really do feel like one day it'll be a, you know, like the Western medical system is an institution here. I feel like there will be institutions that better understand and communicate and support people through energy healing modalities. And it's already starting to happen. 
Um, but like, what is your, what's your relationship to, um, you know, like the, the energy healing work that you're doing and the modalities that you're using to support people to, um, like you say, embody more of a divine feminine energy in their way of living? Well, yes, I, I am, um, I, I train in feng shui, like I mentioned, and Reiki and tune to the, the, the master symbol. I, I really feel, however, that when I was attuned to Reiki, it wasn't so much to practice hands-on or hands-on healing, but rather to help hold the energy in the in the grid so that the crystal children who were who had who were being born could be assisted in helping to establish a new energy grid for a new way of being in the world. I actually combine all of the things that I have done. So I am trained in outdoor education, just finished my wilderness first aid course this weekend. And I, I combine like the whole notion of energy and how energy flows through a space from feng shui with the chakras and how, how, the, how the energy flows in our bodies with the earth and how we, um, and how, and how energy flows in the earth and, and I combine all those things to create spaces where people can, can access their own understanding of what the earth is. So most of my work, I believe, I'm realizing now, most of the work that I have come to do is soul work and it's done um, in an unseen way. So I am positioned in a particular place near bodies of water because I'm a portal portal keeper for that area. And um, so whereas I may play the singing bowls or sing or speak, and that's the next iteration of, of how I'm utilizing my vehicle, my body, my voice for healing, it's really, it's really more... Um, igniting the idea of, of, of who one is in someone's psyche. So what I've, what I've learned, what people are telling me is that through talking to me or hearing what I say, they remember who they are. It's not really something that I'm doing on a conscious level, but they remember their divine essence and who they are. So the, the modality for me is in creating um, conversations and uh, and audio that give people the opportunity to consider another way of looking at themselves. All of that is informed by the hands-on healing, the play, the art of, of placement. Feng shui actually means wind and water. So nature is all intertwined in what I do. I believe that I'm descended from Lemuria. And in Lemuria, the um, people were very much connected to nature and they very much worked energetically to support each other in whatever it is that they do. So I'm energetically supported. And, and I guess a lot of other people are too. I'm energetically supported by my two brothers and we form a, 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 tri a triangle, a triunion. We're a trinity. 
And even though one of my brothers has passed on, we, we still, he, he is very much a protector and very much active in my life. People are like, wait a minute, is this the brother who was alive or the one who's dead? So, you know, so I'm so connected to him and, and, and the, the veil between, um, the those who have passed on and those of us who are still on this plane is has become much thinner. So we have the opportunity to connect with those who have passed on and to and to benefit from their wisdom, their skills, and what they what they are doing in other dimensions. My so that was kind of a long 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 um long answer, but what I'm doing, I think the the most the most um, impactful healing that I'm bringing right now is in remembering who I am and then creating spaces to help people to remember who they are. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. Can you tell us a little bit more about where people can find you, what you've got going on at the moment? Yes, yes. So I have a podcast, Center Her Power podcast, which is um, really doing well. It's, I'm really excited about how that's how that's moving forward. And I decided to start a new podcast. I got so much um, positive response from a story that I read, a goddess, a story of a goddess that I read. So I started a I'm starting a separate podcast just for stories of the goddess which is like, a, like you said, it's called Mawu. And it's only going to be about 15 minutes. So it's something you can listen to on the way to the grocery store. And I'm actually developing a course called um, Belly Dance for Earth and Soul, where I'll be combining, um, connecting to nature. So things I've learned as an outdoor educator and an environmental educator with belly dance and feng shui and Reiki and putting those pieces together. So you have a, um, a somatic method to move and to connect to your spirit and to the to the spirit of the earth and the and the um, spirit of the cosmos so belly dance for earth and soul course is going to be online that that's coming up and i'm really excited about that and that i think that's it and you can find me at my website which is center her power the name of the organization that i work under that i started is called in the center of her power meaning um, being able to connect to the aspect of yourself that is true, the truest version of yourself, that is power. So in the center of our power is, is looking to captivate, ex- excavate that aspect of myself because it reminds me of what my goal is and whoever whoever listens to the podcast or, or ex- is involved in any kind of course that I might offer. So centerherpower.com. You can find me on Instagram at centerherpower and on Facebook at in the center of her power. And I'm hoping to hear from some of your, um, some of your listeners. Yes. That belly dance course sounds amazing. Definitely keep me in the loop for that. That's I definitely will. Thank you so much, Sanaa. And thank you everybody for watching and listening. Please subscribe and like and leave a review. And I will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. For more inspirational content, head over to my website with and please support the show by liking, commenting, and subscribing.